always to God's pleasure and leads me along. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship on this great and glorious day that God has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we can come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. And we bless your holy and wonderful name today. We lift you up in this place, Lord, and we thank you for great and mighty things. Lord, we thank you for insight, understanding, and wisdom about your kingdom, Lord. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's all worship the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me Oh, his love.
about the place in your life that you've got it more together than any other place. It will be the place that you would consider yourself the most perfect in. I want you to take that place and tell God that you still need him there. Many times we think we need God because of the things we can't do. But we have to remember it doesn't matter what level of achievement we have acquired we still need God so I want us this morning whatever area of your life you feel like you have finally got it together I want you to take that subject matter say it to God and say I need you God I need you at that level I need you no matter how great life becomes I still need you Lord we thank you we thank you for who you are. We say we need you to every area of our life, Lord. Every area of our life perfected or still with errors, Lord. We still need you, Father. Our need of you is not based on what you can do for us, but who you are to us, what you have provided for us. In our connection to you, oh God, we need you at all times. You're the one that hooks up to our spirits. We worship you in this place, Lord. Oh, we worship you in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Light of the world, you step down into darkness.
song. Just lift your hands. Let's create an atmosphere of worship in this place. Lord, we worship you above all else. We worship you in this atmosphere. We create an atmosphere that is dynamic, that is powerful, that declares the name of Jesus is above every other name. We declare it in this atmosphere today, Lord. We create a whirlwind, an atmosphere of a whirlwind against the enemy and all of his plans, all of his debris, everything that he has ordered to happen. We put it to nothing in the name of Jesus. We declare it in this atmosphere right now. Every disturbance, every plan of the enemy must cease and desist in the name of Jesus. We clear this atmosphere so the word of God will go forth with power and authority in the name of Jesus. We have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying to us, God. Oh, we lift up high praises. Come on, lift your hands up. Worship, worship. Don't let whatever's holding you down hold the atmosphere back. Lord, we worship you in this place. You are the one and only God. You are the true living God. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. We speak the fire of God in this atmosphere right now. The fire of God in this atmosphere right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We speak the fire of God in this place. Jesus, the power of God to be demonstrated. Hallelujah. We worship you in this place, Lord. Every other name must fall to the name of Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Every other pressure must go in Jesus' name. Oppression must go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up the banner, the banner of love that you've given us. We lift it up in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus is higher than any other name. The name of Jesus. Come on. This is worship. This is worship. The name of Jesus is to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Recognize 
is like. Right now, if any of that applies to you, if you came in here with any kind of weight or any kind of thing that's trying to get on you or keeping you down or hindering you and you want to be free, I want you to come up right now. Oh, we 
I'm telling you, last night we worshiped in a cornfield. God stopped the rain and he broke open the sky and light was shining right where we were. There's nobody in here that needs to get free. Come on.
I'm not here to have one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom. I'm all in God's kingdom. You got to be all in God's kingdom. Your whole heart, your whole mind, all your strength. You got to be all in. The problem that's happening in our country is because we're compromising the church. I mean, not the church of all. Church overall is compromising. It's time that we stop compromising and start praising. Stop complaining and start believing. We need some radical people in here, please. We need some radical people in here today. Hallelujah. says he was jumping and leaping and praising God as he entered into church. We shouldn't come to church like this. We should come dancing in the church. Amen. You get out of your car and do a couple spins. Glory to God. Our God is good. Our God is good. He does good things. Hallelujah. This is radical. Just wait till you get to heaven. The praise was so loud in heaven, it shook the building. It shook the foundation. Amen. Come on. We need some foundation-shaking praise.
We thank you that you speak to us. If you want to change an atmosphere, honor my presence, recognize my power, and yield to my authority. For wherever I am, says the Lord, miraculous happens, wonders are seen, and my glory will be on display. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, just because you sit down now, don't unplug. Stay engaged. Stay connected. Stay ready. You might have to jump up and shout. Amen. Well, if you can, you can be seated. God's touch brings true and genuine excitement. Amen. Let me tell you something about your soul. Let me tell you yeah, something yeah. about your whole makeup. Your spirit, soul, and body. When you receive Jesus, your spirit is 100% born again, brand new. The world has never seen it before. The devil's never seen it. Don't know what it is. Because you are 100% a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And so everything that God has for you in this earth, everything forever, for eternity, because your spirit is eternal, you, it's in your spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. It is your soul that is the gatekeeper to what you can bring out through your body. So your soul... You need to pay attention to your soul. Mm -hmm. Your soul is where all of the mindset things of life are stored. It is where your belief system is. It's where your boundaries are. It's where your, we can't do that. I can't do that. My family never did it this way. Or I'm not good enough. All the things that the, all the lies that the enemy has ever told you about your life, it resides in your soul. Yes. And so what you need to do is on the daily, on the daily, every day. Remember, Paul said, I renew my mind every day. Paul, who wrote many books of the Bible. On the daily, you ask the Holy Spirit, Psalm 139:23. search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Get it out of me. Any report that's not from God is wicked. Yes. So anything God didn't tell you about you, that somebody else said to you, that you read in a book, that you saw on TV, that you heard in a song, anything God wouldn't say to you, it's wicked. Get it out of you. Unforgiveness is wicked. Yes. Get it out of you. If you get that stuff out of you, it will be amazing what the Holy Spirit can get through to you to operate in your life. Amen? So that's what freedom looks like. That right there is what freedom looks like. When you can live 
with a spanking clean soul every day. Totally refreshed. Deodorized by God. Amen. (laughs) And it's through his blood. Amen. So all the things that you get upset about that people tick you off about, it'll happen in a day. Get it out of your system. Don't carry it over to the next day. Psalm 139. See, we carry things over because we think we can fix it. It ain't my business. If you want to be that way, be that way. I'm here to help with what God's equipped me with, but I can't take on your burden of disobedience in my life. Right? I have to release your disobedience to yourself. (laughs) I have to do what God asked me to do. Amen? This is how you don't get upset with people. People get upset because they want people to change and the people aren't changing. So they get upset on behalf of the people that aren't changing. That's how people leave churches too because they get offended on behalf of somebody else that was hurt. You see how the devil works? And you leave a perfect environment that God called you to be in. You leave a perfect environment because you are following what your soul feels. Not what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Amen? So our soul is a big deal. Yes. Because the Bible says you prosper and are in health as your soul, as prospers. Your soul prospers. So if your soul, if your soul can be in poverty, then your health and your wealth will be in poverty. If it's this, it starts from the soul. All right. I'm done. <laughs> well, let's let's make a confession about how the Holy Spirit works in us. Yes. Let's do our confession. Our Heavenly Heavenly Father Father has has given given to us us another comforter comforter to comfort comfort us. us. All right, we've got to do old school. Okay, well, we're going to do old school. I'm going to repeat after Pastor Doug. You say it with me. Our Heavenly Father... Our Heavenly Father has given to us has given to us another comforter another comforter to comfort us to comfort us encourage us encourage us and strengthen us and strengthen us He helps us to stay on God's course He helps us to stay on God's course God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever He is our advocate of truth He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor and our divine tutor to guide us in life to guide us in life we have the spirit of wisdom we have the spirit of wisdom he teaches us all things he teaches us all things he is eternal he is eternal he was involved in creation he was involved in creation he knows all things he knows all things we are learning great things from him we are learning great things from him the holy spirit is our personal powerhouse the holy spirit is our personal powerhouse he abides within us he abides within us and overshadows us and overshadows us through him through him we can boldly testify we can boldly testify how good our father is how good our father is we welcome and receive help in all things. We welcome and receive help in all things. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems. He helps us solve problems. Find solutions. Find solutions. Outsmart all enemies. Outsmart all enemies. And give us the victory in life. And give us the victory in life. 
The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally. He stands for righteousness. He stands for righteousness. Holiness. Holiness. And truth. And truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus. And his kingdom. And his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us. What is ours? What is ours? He provides us with special abilities. He provides us with special abilities. And extraordinary power. And extraordinary power. Through divine grace. Through divine grace. At victory. At victory. Our vision is. Our vision is. To reach out beyond our walls. To reach out beyond our walls. With the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. With the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. To build a strong body of believers. To encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. To encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word. We activate God's word. To go into all the world. To go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And preach the gospel. To every creature. To every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship. At Victory Christian Fellowship. We are. We are. Inheriting God's promises. Inheriting God's promises. And experiencing their benefits. And experiencing their benefits. Amen. 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 That's powerful. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. There's one thing I want to tell everybody about fixing in your soul, especially now in this season. You need to fix in your soul that we are the head and not the tail. Yes. We're not Christians going around hiding our beliefs so that we don't do what they tell us to do. No. You're in charge. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So you have to walk around like you're the boss of the enemy. You are in charge. You are the overcomer to every demon that puts itself above the name of God in your environment. That's who you are. So you, first of all, get yourself straightened out. If you don't go to church, go to church. Yes. That's the first problem. See, the devil can beat you up so easy if you don't abide. Yep. Second, if you don't tithe, start tithing. Otherwise, you're yep. giving him access to your money. And, and your money, if you're working a job, that's one of the first things that can go. Tithe. Tithe. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And give offerings. Two things. So I tell people, tithe, and if you don't have extra, like you don't, the offering is your decision. Okay, the tithe is God's command. The offering is your decision. Add a dollar over the tithe. Yep. That puts you in the offering department. So you're not disobedient to God's instructions. And don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. These are key things. When you are in sync with God's instructions, his basic instructions, you can overcome the enemy on every single level all the time. And you don't have to walk around with shame because you know why? The enemy will condemn you for the things you don't do that God asks you to do. He's actually keeping track of what you should be doing. And then you self-condemn. Don't do any of that. It's easy. Your, your spirit has all the answers waiting to come out. But we've got to be the ones to take charge of where we are. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm done. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Okay. So, Tuesday is youth 
at 6 p.m. We are on fire. You have to come check it out and invite youth to come. Wednesday, I agree with you. Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 p.m. It's a great time in the middle of the week where we get the word of God and get refreshed. And this weekend, it is finally here, is the Everyday Hero Be a World Changer Conference. It is Friday night and Saturday morning, so make sure that you sign up. And this month, we are also celebrating and appreciating our pastors. It is Pastor Appreciation Month. Feel free to show your appreciation to them as God leads you. And then as a reminder to the ladies who are involved, we have our book club today after service. We are studying Pastor Ona's book, You Can Be Fearless. Yes, and we our next meeting will be on November 7th, so you can plan ahead. Okay, so my facts that I learned. I was reading about waves last night. And the waves of the ocean are controlled by gravity and the wind, typically, okay? So that's like the everyday waves that you see in the ocean. That's why sometimes they're stronger than other times. But then I read about tsunamis. And tsunamis are the biggest waves because they are not, they come from within the ocean itself because of a shift underneath. So like the ground or earthquake or something. So the power comes from inside the ocean for the tsunamis, and they can't be stopped because it happens too quickly, too fast. So, like, you can't plan for them at all. So I would like to encourage you that Jesus is on the inside of you. And when you have the shift inside of you, that's when you have the power, and you cannot be stopped. Woo! That's my announcement. <laughs> time for a Jesus tsunami. He's bigger than you anyway. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Well, if you're watching this online, there's no distance in the spirit. Grab a hold of these things. Hallelujah. I just want to read... Uh, couple verses from you from Matthew chapter 6 before we dismiss the kids Matthew chapter 6 I'll read it from the amplified starting with verse 19 Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Did you know that you have a heavenly account? And anything that you do for God as God leads you, guides you, and directs you, that goes into your heavenly account. Right? And God keeps record of it. And whenever you need to, I mean, God pays better interest than the Federal Reserve than any bank or financial institution on the planet, right? He said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth and rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, 
That's where your heart is. Do you treasure earth more than you treasure heaven? I mean, earth is going to pass away. Heaven is not. Right? Matter of fact, uh, this, uh, this earth is going to pass away, but he, the Bible says my word will never pass away, and his word reigns in heaven. Amen? Amen? So anything that you do for God under the direction of the Holy Spirit or in compliance with his word, you know, you're investing in heaven. Amen? Amen. And you're storing treasure in heaven. And, you know, God's not just accumulating. He's in the distribution. Amen? Amen. He receives what you do here, and he he receives it there, and he multiplies it back to you. Amen? Are you ready for God to multiply some things? We're living in a day and an hour. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, uh, yeah, we got to... We got to operate according to a different system. Your job is not your source. That's just simply an avenue. But your source is really comes from within by faith. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So in your giving today, if you're watching online, go to our website, give and sow your seed. And so that you can reap a harvest. You can't reap a harvest without any seed. Those of you that are here, we got the two seed planters on either side. If you make a check, make it out to VCF, you can do that any time during the service. Amen. And Father, I just speak a blessing over the gifts and the givers of of VCF, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your graciousness and your supernatural abundant provision. And Lord, we thank you that each giver is protected and blessed by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, kids. We have incredible kids. Incredible teachers, incredible helpers, amen? They don't just meet and, I mean, they, the power of God is there, amen? The presence of God is there. In kids' life, kids living in faith every day. Okay, kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, last week, we began a series about discovering your true identity. Amen. How many know who they are in Christ and what you've been given? You know, the eye has not seen nor the ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him, but they are shown to us by the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, we talked about how the devil is an identity thief. And if you're not abiding by what the Bible says about you, you're operating in a false identity. Right? And we went through Romans 8, and we talked about uh, a false identity versus a real identity and our identity in Christ. And so now we're on part two. And today, we want to reveal the king within. Did you know that there is a king within? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Say, I have a king, have a king. Within, me. within me. All right. I'm going to prove this to you by the Bible. I want you to go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And verse 21. Hallelujah. You excited about Jesus? You hungry for the word? Are you open for the Holy Spirit? He's ready for you. Are we ready for him? 
(laughs) We think we are until he says, do something radical. (laughs) All right. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. This is King James. It says, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. Now, you can't have a kingdom without a king. Right? Do you remember Jesus told his disciples, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Or the kingdom of God is near. How close was it? was one decision away. When you accept Jesus, you are accepting his kingdom. You are accepting a king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. When you accept Jesus, you become a king's kid. You've been cleansed by the king's blood. You've been redeemed by the king's mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been helped by the king's strength and power. Amen. All right, go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 10. Revelation 5 and verse 10. And has made us. Oh, what did he make you? Has made us unto our God. What? Kings and priests, and we shall reign where? Oh, my goodness. Are you ready to reign on earth? You know, the first thing that you reign is yourself. If you can't reign yourself, you're not going to reign anywhere else. Right? But who made us kings and priests? He's talking to everybody who praises the Lord. Everybody who worships God. Right? Everybody who made it to heaven. Well, if you accepted Jesus, you're you're on your way to heaven. Amen? You are a king and a priest. Has nothing to do with gender. It has something to do with position. Say, I'm a king and a priest. You have the ability to exercise authority and prayer. You have the ability to decree and intercede. You have the ability to change things. And rearrange things. Amen. Amen? A king and a priest. Jesus is a king and he's a priest. He's our great high priest, isn't he? Well, if we're like Jesus, if we're made in his image and his likeness, and we have him on the inside of us, then there's a king in us, and it's about time the king reveal himself. With authority and power. All right, go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And verse 6, notice he made you a king. You didn't start off as a king, but you became one. Hallelujah. You, you, you were made into a king. Glory to God. Verse 6, Revelation 1, 6, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, we're the kings he's the king of. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You know, part of our identity is knowing that we're king or priest and both, right? That is part of our identity. 
Do you identify with being a king? Or do you identify with being a pauper? Hmm? What do you see yourself as? It's important how you see yourself as. I gave you two scriptures that God said he made us this way. So I don't know about you. I'm going to agree with God. After all, he's the truth. Let every man be a liar, but God be true. What he said is so. Amen? Say what God said is so. I'm a king. I'm a priest. Hallelujah. There's a king living in you. And it's time that we display the king to the world. They're seeing the enemy in all kinds of things. But the world needs to see the king in us. They need to see the priest in us. Amen? Amen. We've got the answer for their problems. Glory to God. So we have a kingdom, but we've got to know how to operate in it. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We were there earlier. But you know what? The God's word, it's always, it's, always go, it's always good to revisit something. Why? The Bible is not old and stale. Every time you revisit something that God said, you're going to see something different. Or you're going to get something different out of it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This is a good alternative to worry. Stop worrying and start seeking. Matthew 6, 33. But seek where? When? Everybody say first. Seek first the what? The kingdom of God. That should be your focus. That should be where you look to. That should be what you're living for. That should be why you're here on earth. We're here to seek the kingdom, to live in the kingdom, to represent the kingdom, to exercise the kingdom. Of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is his MO in his kingdom. It's the way we operate in the kingdom. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not an old sinner anymore. The old sin nature has been taken away and it's been replaced with a brand new nature called the nature of God. So we have to be seeking the kingdom. When you seek first the kingdom, not as an afterthought, not second or any other position, It's got to be first if you want the benefit. And he will add unto you everything that you need in life. Say, God God will add things to me. I'm telling you, he'll clothe you. He'll feed you. He'll he'll supply money to pay your bills. Amen. Why? He is our source. When we're operating in a kingdom, we got to know that King Jesus is our source for all good things. When you're in a kingdom, if, if people of the kingdom need a need, they go to the king. The king is our source. He, can God supply your needs? Can he give you what you want? Can he fulfill the desires of your heart? Yes, why? Because you're a king, just like he is. 
Was it a big thing for Jesus to feed thousands and thousands of people with a little boy's lunch? Why? The need was people were hungry. They were following Jesus for three days, and they hadn't eaten. How many Christians would do that today? Follow Jesus for three days without eating. Amen? Hey. So Jesus said to his disciples, you feed them. What are you talking about? See, Jesus already knew who his source was. Well, we have a little boy's lunch here. But what is that amongst them? Bring it to the king. Because the king can multiply things. He can make more of what there is. You give God a little and he'll make it great. So, what did Jesus do? He received the lunch that was offered to him. He looked to God. He looked to his account in heaven and he gave thanks and he blessed the bread. Blessed means to make to make more. So be careful when you bless your food. It's about to be a big meal. Amen? And so he looked to God. He withdrew from his heavenly account power. And the power went into his hands that it was holding the lunch. And he said, start to distribute this to the people. Now, he did not tell the disciples, just take a sliver. Just take a little bite. No, he allowed the thousands of people to take whatever they wanted. Did anybody hunger in that crowd? People had more than enough and there was even stuff left over. So if God can do that with a food... If he can do that with fish, he can certainly do it with a dollar bill. He can certainly do it with a piece or anything that you need. But see, the, king, the thing of it is, you've got to be seeking the kingdom. Every king's focus is his kingdom or her kingdom. Amen? All right? And you have to know that a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. So if there's someone, if someone is producing bad fruit in their life, it's because they're a bad tree. But you can become a free tree. You can become a changed tree, a sanctified tree. Amen. Now, every king needs to know this one principle. You don't operate in darkness. Wherever the king goes, there's light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Every born-again believer has been delivered and transferred from darkness. Yes. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is all part of our identity. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, it says this in verse 4. In whom the God of this what? Okay, there is a God of this world who is not God Almighty because it's with a little g. 
it's it's a it's a crazy person who thinks he's a god but he's not he tries to act like one but he can't he can't create he can only pervert okay so in whom the god of this world has blinded the, the minds of them which believe not if someone is not believing their mind has been blinded Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world, and if you have King Jesus in you, you have light in you. The entrance of his word brings light. It illuminates. So, as a king, you've got to know that you've been transferred and delivered out of darkness. The devil operates in darkness. God operates in light. Amen? Amen. The devil operates in deception and lies. God operates in truth. Okay? Two opposite things. All right? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. You got to know you've been delivered. From, say, I've been, I've been. delivered, delivered. From, darkness. from darkness. The world is dark. They make dark laws. They make dark decisions. They do dark things. And they're doing their darkness in the open. There is no shame with the wicked. And that's just normal behavior for them. But we are different. We've been created different. We're supposed to act different. We're supposed to think different. Why? We're supposed to act like our king. Why do you think he made you a king? So that you could act like him. He gave you the authority and the power and the ability to be like him. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you... Oh, my goodness, you are chosen. Generous. Say, I'm chosen. You're a royal priesthood. That's a king and a priest, isn't it? A holy nation, a people, a peculiar people. That means God owns me. Say, I'm owned by God. How did God come to own you? He purchased you with his blood. All right. That we should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of where? And into where? Not just light, his marvelous light. You've been called out of darkness. Have you answered the call? Darkness is not your calling. You were called into marvelous light, glorious light, incredible light. You know, if you read Proverbs 4, it says the the light of the righteous gets brighter and brighter as the noonday sun. Our light ought to be increasing. Amen. Amen? So, as kings and priests, we've been called out of darkness, but we've got to start showing forth his praises. 
We've got to start demonstrating the goodness of God. We've got to start trusting God more than we trust our job. We're going to get into this uh, later because next week, you know, we're having a guest speaker, my brother-in-law, Kel Steiner. He's going to be with us for the men's conference. And men, if you haven't signed up, by the way, sign up. Just let us know that you're coming and you ought to be coming. It's an annual event. Well, I didn't have enough time. You had all year to get ready for it. This is our sixth one. We've had it every year at the same time. It shouldn't take you by surprise. Amen? I'm telling you, God already gave me my message for Friday night about being a, what's going to change the world. I'm ready to go. So, yeah, we're going to have our, guest, our last guest speaker. Well, actually, we're going to have uh, one more guest speaker over Thanksgiving. It'll be Steve Hoffman again. But, uh, uh, yeah, and my brother-in-law and sister, they're going to actually be an effort. They're actually attending a conference at Refreshing Mountain this week. Amen? So he's going to come ready, charged up. Because my, my brother-in-law, he has, he has touched the world. He's lived in other countries. The Philippines, Singapore. He's from New Zealand. He's lived in Norway, Sweden. He's lived in Guam. He's lived in all kinds of different places. Now they're living in the United States. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's been touching the world. And you need to hear what he has to say. All right. Colossians chapter 1. A king is not in darkness. If the lights are going to be out, it's not going to be out at the palace. Amen? Amen. But you've got to understand that part of your identity, see, your old identity was attached to darkness because it was formed in darkness. And you were bearing the image of darkness until you met the light. And once you met the light... You got out of the dark room, and now that you can be fully developed. See, it takes light to develop film. You know, I flunked out of chemistry. Well, I wasn't called to be a chemist. So, as a replacement, I took photography. Hey, I got, I got A's and B's in Bible school, but I didn't, so, didn't do so good in, in chemistry. So I took photography. And that's when, that was before digital cameras. We actually had to go into the dark room and, and take the sheets and dip them in the chemicals and, you know, expose them to a certain amount of light. And, you know, then we had to dip them in one chemical, then the other chemical, then wash them and hang them up. And I had to take pictures of space and, and uh, height and depth. It was a lot of fun. One, one of my pictures, I climbed into a pavilion and, and I took the A-frame down. I, I got on one end and I shot the p- pavilion down for my space picture. I did really good in photography. <laughs> but if you want me to mix some chemicals, run, run. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13. So we've been called out of darkness. See, so you, you, none of your identity should come from any darkness. Jesus said, there is no darkness in me. And if you're, you know, like Pastor Fiona said, if your soul has any darkness in you, that's going to hinder you that area of your life. And the way to get darkness out is flush it with light. 
All right, Colossians 1.13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You were in darkness and you said, Scotty, beam me up. And it wasn't Scotty who answered, but it was the Holy Ghost. I copped and I'll get you out of there. I'm giving her all she's got. She can't take much more. I'm an old-time trucky person. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. You've been, you've been pulled out of darkness. Or let me put it to you this. The darkness has been pulled out of you. When you met Jesus, darkness went zoop. And he translated you into what? Into a kingdom of his son. We have got to identify ourselves as being in a kingdom. We have to develop a kingdom mentality. We have to develop kingdom words. How does a king speak? He makes decrees. Everything a king says is law. Amen? If a king wants a party, he doesn't put on his overhauls. He sits on his throne and said, I'm going to have a party. I want you to do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And they said, yes, sir. And guess what? A party happens. All he had to do was speak. As a king, all you got to do is speak. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the tree. Speak to the storm. Speak to your body. Amen. Tell your body. You're healed, body. Your whole body. Amen. Say, say that. Say, my body. Say, listen to me, body. You're healed. You're whole. You're free. You're full. You're rich. You're strong. You're knowledgeable. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're a king. God gave you the ability to do that. Did you know that Jesus never prayed for healing? It was always a command. Now, Jesus laid his hands on people. He touched people. But he always said, be whole. Pick up your mat. Always a command. Why? He's operating as a king. He's showing us what we need to do. Amen? Go to John chapter 8. Hallelujah. John, the gospel of John chapter 8. You're going to leave here today as a new man and a new woman. Why? We're strengthening your God-given identity. God gave you an identity. He gave you a new identity. Remember, Jesus has dual identities. Son of God, son of man. He put us in the witness protection program. Someone in the witness protection program gets a new identity. They get a new name. They get new accounts, right? They have to leave their old past behind. It sounds to me like a born-again believer. I'm under under heavenly witsack. Witness protection. Right? John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then Jesus spoke again, saying... I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We got to make a commitment to not walk in darkness. We don't walk in lies or deception or thievery. That's darkness, right? We walk in the light. We walk in the truth, right? We're open and honest. 
even in April, when it comes time to pay your taxes. Why? You, you, listen, every day you're going to wake up and you're going to have to resist darkness. Because darkness is all around us. We live in a dark world. Oh, there's pockets of light. But overall, the world is dark. But uh, God made you a light. And where does the light shine best? In darkness. A light, light can actually invade darkness, and darkness can't do anything about it. There's nothing that darkness can do can, that can stop a light. Darkness flees when the light encounters it. Say, I'm hostile to darkness. All right, go to Acts 26. Acts 26. This is all part of our identity. Verse 18. This is the uh, summary of Paul's ministry. To open their eyes. You know, God came to open eyes. And to turn them from what? To what? And from the power of Satan unto God. Well, where's the power of Satan operate? In darkness. God came to turn us from these things. Right? So that they may receive. See, if darkness hinders you from receiving. Darkness hinders you from believing. So that they may receive Forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So you can simply exit darkness and enter light by faith. By believing in Jesus. Believing his word is true. Accepting his word. Welcoming his word. Say this. Say the Bible is God talking to me. Every word that he said is absolutely true. And is absolutely good. And it needs no changing. It is perfect. And it belongs to me. Amen. Hallelujah. All right? It, don't, you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 5 says, You were once in darkness, but now you're in light. Walk as children of the light. We were in darkness before, but we came out of darkness. How many came out of darkness? Amen. Now you've got to walk in the light. That's living every day for Jesus. That's doing the very simple things like Pastor Fiona exhorted and encourages us. She was preaching my message. The worship team was singing my message. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost was demonstrating my message. He's all working together today. Amen. Like he always does. We're not even supposed to participate in worthless deeds of darkness. Don't be a participant. If darkness wants you to play, say, sorry, I don't play that game. (laughs) Amen? Hallelujah. So, we know that the world is a dark system. And this world system that we're in 
We're supposed to demonstrate the power of God to people in this earth. That's why we're here. That's why we've been called out of darkness, to show forth his praises. Right? We've been called out to show forth as a billboard, as a demonstration, as a sign, as a... um, uh, a representative. Did you know that all of us are ambassadors of Christ? Yes. Each one of us are ambassadors. We have the ministry of reconciliation. If you don't know what your ministry is, you have a ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You're supposed to help people balance the books. Yes. You're supposed to help them get their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's how you balance the books. How do you get their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? You introduce Jesus to them. And they either believe him and accept him or they reject him. What are you supposed to do when someone rejects Jesus? When, when you share Jesus with someone and they reject it, shake off your, the dust off your feet and go to the next one. Yeah. You're not supposed to go, why did they reject me? They didn't reject you, they rejected God. Yeah. That should not deter you from sharing with others. Exactly. Do you think if a Girl Scout goes to one person and doesn't, they don't buy any cookies that's going to stop them from going to another person? No, they keep going to other people, don't they? Yeah. They're going to sell some cookies. Why? They want to help their, their uh, whatever, the brownies or the Girl Scouts or whatever it is, right? They want, just because someone doesn't buy cookies, someone else will. Don't stop selling your cookies. <laughs> keep selling your cookies, Right? Keep, keep talking about Jesus. Keep demonstrating Jesus. Keep living for Jesus. Yes. Yes. Your, your faith is not based on what anyone else does, even your spouse. Yes. Amen. If your spouse is not doing what they're tough on them. You do what you're supposed to do. Yes. Why? Because you're going to stand before God by yourself. Yes. He's going to judge you and you alone based on what you did or didn't do with what he told you to do. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God, he sent Jesus to turn around, reverse, and undo everything the devil has done. Hallelujah. In John 4, he said, I was sent to destroy the works of the devil. And guess what? That same power resides in you. How do you destroy the works of the devil? In the name of Jesus. You stop what the devil was doing and you enact God, what God wants to do right then, right there. Amen? Amen. Now, some people say, well, I was born into a bad situation. You know, if you were born into a bad situation, you can be born again. The man was born blind, but Jesus made him see. The man was born lame. But Jesus made him walk. You can change your situation. If you're in a bad situation, you can change it with Jesus. But it takes someone who knows who they are in Christ. All right? I want you to go to Psalm 103 for just a minute. And I want you to see how powerful God's kingdom really is. Did you know that you live in the most powerful kingdom on the planet? Psalm 103 and verse 19. And I'm going to read it to you from a couple different translations as well. We'll read King James first. Psalm 103 verse 19. The Lord 
has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom, what? Rules what? Over all the earth. It rules over all. God's kingdom trumps every other kingdom on the planet. All right, let me read this to you in a couple different translations because it will expand our understanding of it. The New Living Translation says, The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. I have a, uh, I have a, um, a song. I'm not going to sing it, but uh, it's from Planet Shakers, and it says Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. I mean, they keep repeating that. Jesus over everything. Amen? Amen. He's over everything. All right, the Aramaic Bible in plain English says, Lord Jehovah establishes his throne in heaven and his kingdom is authorized over all. There's no higher authority than Jesus. So he he can break any person out of anything on earth that needs to be broken out of because his kingdom is authorized over all. Right? And then finally, the God's Word translation. God's Word translation says, The Lord has set his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules everything. Say his kingdom rules everything. Amen. So whenever you're stuck, you know, God reigns over the nations. Amen. The, the kingdom of God is based on power. Right? We have a kingdom that has power with it. There is power at your fingertips. Healing power. Saving power. Joy power. You know, some of you could use some joy. I'm not saying today. I'm just saying in general. Right? We have power to have joy. And joy is not based on our circumstances. Amen? So God, oh yeah, here, because the world is dark, God gave us a way of escape from the world. We can be in the world, but not of it. Your identity is not what the world tells you you are. How many know of the person Jabez? He has like four verses about his life. It's in either First or Second Chronicles. And Jabez, his, his mother, bore him in pain. So it must have been a hard childbirth. It must have been painful for her. So she named him Pain. She named him after his, her experience. So he was walking around with this label named Pain. But he went to God And he said, God, I want you to bless me so that I don't cause pain anymore. He refused to accept the world's label. And guess what? God heard his prayer and God blessed him. And God, he said, expand my story that I I don't be a pain. He overcame pain because he found a new identity in Jesus. He went from pain to being free from pain. How many want to be pain free? Well, Jesus bore your pains. So if he bore your pains, why are you hanging on to them? Let him go. Say, pain, I take authority over you. I command you to go. Loose my body. Loose your grip. I have authority over you. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, First Chronicles four nine. All right, so go to Psalm seventy seven. We're talking about our escape plan. Oh, God will cause you to escape trouble. Now, is there trouble in this world? Will you? Is it possible that you can encounter trouble? Yes, but we have the means to get you through. It, when trouble comes, God had already given you armor. He'd already given you his blood. He'd already given you his name. He'd already given you his word. And he gave you his Holy Spirit. You got more than enough tools to overcome every trouble that you may encounter on this earth. No matter how it looks, no matter how bad it looks, God can deliver you. I mean, it looked pretty bad for Lazarus. Not only did Jesus not come when he was sick, he waited four days or three days, whatever it was. Now he was dead. That's pretty bad. You can't get worse than dead. Right? But Jesus, he knew he was king of life. He was the resurrection and the life. He knew his identity that God gave him. And he stood before the tomb of a dead man and he called his name Lazarus. And Lazarus, who was dead, now became alive and walked out of the grave. Why? God specializes in turning things around. Psalm 77, verse 19. This is awesome. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and your footsteps are not known. Did God make a way of escape for Israel through the water? No one knew that that path existed except the king who created it. And no matter how, how much pressure the trouble is giving you, God has a way out of trouble every time. He made a way, and his footsteps were not even known. The Amplified says, Your way of escape for your people was through the sea, and your path through great waters, your footprints were not even traceable. In other words, when the Egyptians tried to follow God's path, they didn't know what path to take. They, got, they drowned. Because it doesn't work for those in darkness. It works for those following the light. All right, go to Psalm 141. Psalm 141. We are having a time today at VCF. Boy, I tell you what, if you're sitting at home and you could be here, I'd I'd be here any any opportunity I get. And actually, guess what? I am. (laughs) I am. (laughs) And you know what? I enjoy it all. You know, I've been showing up every Wednesday, every Sunday, and every other day for 19 years. Amen. And I haven't got tired of it yet. It's always exciting. It's always thrilling. It's always incredible. Why? Because God is awesome. If you're bored, you need another dip. You need, you need a double dip. Yes, a double. That, that word's been coming up every so often. Double, double, man. The, the youth released the double, double. Let's get a hold of the double, double. I want a double blessing. Amen. I want a double anointing. Amen. I want double joy. Amen. Come on. Do you want it? Come on. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 141.10. Let the wicked fall into their own nets 
while I escape. Woo! Glory to God. The wicked are falling into traps. I'm avoiding traps. I'm avoiding the net. Hallelujah. The, The wicked are caught, but I'm not. Glory to God. Why? God makes a way of escape. He brings his kings to victory. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're almost done. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Hallelujah. You know that sin that binds you? There's a way out of it. There's a way out of every temptation. That temptation is not more powerful than you. You you can actually resist it. There were people in the Bible that did. They resisted temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Say there's always a way out. You can always resist it. Temptation. Amen? The Amplified says it this way. God God always provides a way of escape. All right, and then go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I know you're looking at a lot of scriptures, but that means your spirit's getting strong. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us. What did God give you? Exceeding great and precious promises. These are the most valuable things that you could have on this earth. Why? God's promises will make you anything that you need. All right? By these great and exceeding precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do we escape the corruption of the world? We abide in the promises of God. These exceeding great and precious promises. These life-giving promises. These strength-giving promises. These hope-inducing promises. These true promises. We escape the corruption. How many want to escape the corruption? I'm telling you, our country is corrupt in a lot of ways. They're they're trying to pass laws that are corrupt, that are born in sin, that are made in darkness. I mean, my goodness, a bill that's almost 2,500 pages? Are you kidding me? And we expect our lawmakers to read that? Huh? Because if that goes through and that gets signed, that becomes law. And then those evil things in there will be enacted. But you know what? We can declare. Let's, 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 let's have a funeral for that ungodly bill. Amen. Or any ungodly bill. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that Roe v. Wade is overturned in Jesus' name. Roe v. Wade is overturned in Jesus' name. 
And this bill that they're trying to pass, it gets stopped in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because it's evil and wicked. Hallelujah. So, you know, Bill Winston said, the, dev- the devil's greatest deception is getting people to think that this world system is okay. That's one of his greatest deceptions. You know, this, this world system, the banking system, uh, all the systems of this world are crumbling. Do you know um, when God delivered Israel from Egypt, he gave his people a portion of land called Goshen, right? Now, when there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. When there was pestilence in Egypt, they were pest-free in Goshen. When there was death in Egypt, there was life in Goshen. Now, if God can do that in Egypt, which is a type of the world, don't you think that he can protect you and separate you from the corruption of the world? Amen. But see, you've got to act as a king. You've got to identify as a king, right? And a king follows the laws of the land. Actually, he makes the laws, right? But oftentimes in, in kingdoms of the world, when a king made a law, you couldn't change it, right? When they made a decree, you know, Darius was sad that Daniel got sent to the lion's den, but that was the law that he signed. He couldn't do anything about it. So God did something about it. You know, even though um, a king, a, a ruler makes a law on earth, God's law is still higher. And even though man makes a corrupt law, God can protect his people from that corrupt law. What did Daniel do? Daniel broke the law. <gasps> he broke the law. What was the law? You shall not pray to any other God except for the king for 30 days. Well, Daniel said, I ain't praying to no king. See, we, we got to not participate in the world's plans. Okay? What did Daniel do? He prayed. He didn't pray in some quiet room. No. He went to his home, opened the windows. And prayed multiple times a day. Loudly. Everybody say loudly. Why? Because they gathered outside of his house because they knew that's what he did. That was his habit even before the law was signed. Come on, you've got to establish some godly habits. Too, too many Christians are establishing worldly habits and not godly habits, and that's their problem. So... We ha- anything that's based on sin will eventually lead to death. That's what Bill Winston said. Anything that's based on sin. Let me give you one more scripture, and then I'm done for today. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Did you know that there are certain people that will not inherit the kingdom of God? Because they refuse to change their identity. In other words... This passage that we're about to read in 1 Corinthians 6, it's not talking about people who do this one time as a mistake. It's talking about people who live this way. It's a continual lifestyle of evil. Okay? And I'm going to read this from the Amplified because it's alarming. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 9. 
Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Who? The unrighteous. Someone who is unrighteous doesn't know that they've been made the righteousness of God. They identify as being unrighteous and not righteous. How many of us are righteous? Amen? Okay. And as Forrest Gump says, righteous is as righteous does, right? So not everybody's going to inherit the kingdom. Not everybody on this planet is a child of God. Jesus called the Pharisees the child of the devil. So the devil was their father. Why? Because they embrace lies. See, when you embrace lies, that's your offspring, right? <laughs> okay? The unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. How many people are acting like the world thinking that they're going to be okay? They're deceived. Okay? Do not be deceived. Do we have the ability not to be deceived? Yeah, we have the truth, and we have the truth giver, we have the truth author, we have the Holy Spirit of truth, right? We have the word of truth, we have the God of truth. So we have more than enough means to avoid deception. Neither the sexually immoral. Sex was made for marriage. Anything, any, any sex outside of marriage is wrong. It's between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. If, if you're not married, it's fornication. If you do it while you're married, it's adultery. Okay? Pornography is involving in the world sexual exportation. It's wrong. I didn't write this. Jesus said the sexually immoral or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Amplified says by perversion. Listen, if your plumbing says you're a man, you're a man. If your plumbing says you're a woman, you're a woman. Just because you want to be something else doesn't mean you are. Amen? A man needs to be a man and a woman needs to be a woman. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Those who participate in homosexuality. Oh, I thought the Bible never talked about it. Oh, that's New Testament, by the way. Mm-hmm. Listen, homosexuality is just, just like murder. Mm-hmm. It's sin. Okay? You can get freedom from both. Yeah. Amen? Amen? God gives hope. This, you're not locked into this, but you can be delivered from this. Yeah. All right? Verse 10, thieves. If you go around stealing and you haven't stopped stealing, stop stealing. The Bible says stop stealing. <laughs> The Bible commands, thou shalt not steal. Oh, I mean, in California, they're allowing people to steal up to $900 worth of items without any prosecution. Did you see, I, I saw a video one time, a guy rode his bike into a Walgreens with a garbage bag and was just pulling stuff in there, and they were just taking pictures, not doing anything about it. That's wrong. All right, that's my soapbox for today. Um, or the greedy... These will not inherit the kingdom of God. How do you cure greed? You give. You be generous. Amen? Greedy or stingy, the generous are loving and open. All right? Drunkards. Well, I thought the Bible says it's okay to drink wine. 
<laughs> yeah, but if you drink too much, you're drunk. People who are drunk, they identify as what? An alcoholic. I had a friend one time. He, he had three DUIs. Three. For, for two years, he rode his bike. <laughs> so he worked with me because I could drive. <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> and you know what? God delivered him. God set him free. Why? His father was an alcoholic. So it, he became one because that was his environment. But God set him free and he went to Ramah. Amen. I saw it. His dad got to see him graduate before he died. That was awesome. God can turn things around. If you are this way, you don't have to stay this way. All right? Revilers. What's a reviler? Whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander. That's a reviler. He ain't going to heaven. He's not inheriting the kingdom of God unless he changes. Say change is possible. Or swindlers, con artists. Okay, a con artist will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Verse 11. Now this is the good news. Such were some of you before you believed, but you were washed by the sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. You were this way, but I'm not that way anymore. I have a new identification. I have a new ID. I identify with Jesus. What he says, that's what I am. I'm going with, say, I'm going with Jesus. Say, I'm on Jesus' side. Say, I agree with Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. I'm the apple of his eye. I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb and my testimony. I am triumphant. I am free. I am rich. I am joyful. I am at peace. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. All those things the Bible says you are and you are. That's what you are. And when the old identification tries to come up, you say, no, no, no. This is what I am. You tell your old ID, this is who I am. I'm not you anymore. You're a dead man. That man died. Glory to God. I'm a new man in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm holy. When you accepted Jesus, God sees you just like he sees Jesus. He forgot all your sins. All your sins as far as the east and the west. He does not remember them anymore. Glory to God. But see, we got to release the king. Some of you, the king's been incognito. He's been undercover. He's been in secret. But now it's time to release the king. Now it's time to reveal the king. Who is ready to act like a king on this earth? Okay. The Holy Spirit said go to one more scripture. Go to Romans 5. Romans 5. You got your shouting clothes on? Oh, my goodness. This this is going to be... 
Romans 5, 17. All right? For by one man's offense. See, offense brings death. If you get offended, you're letting death take over your life. Death reigned by one. Much more. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by the one Jesus Christ. It is time to reign in life. This life that we're living and eternity. But it's time to start reigning right now. We're going to reveal the king. Amen. There's a healing king on the inside of you. Kick sickness out of your body. Kick it out of your life. Kick it out of your house. Amen. Kick it to the road. Glory to God. You have the authority. You have the power. God's word is your medicine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Stand to your feet. The Bible said that through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you and I, me and you, all of us together, we can reign in life. Reign in life. We are supposed to exercise authority. Hallelujah. We have the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I'm a king's kid. Let's give glory and praise and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords right now. Begin to bless his holy name. And if you need to repent, repent means change your mind, change your heart. Repent whatever you need to repent of right now and get right with God. And don't, listen, if your actions aren't lining up with your testimony, you need to change your actions. You need to change your actions. Amen? Repentance is a good thing. It's a healing thing. It's a restoration thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's give, let's give our king praise. Let's give our king praise. He's here today. He's here in our midst. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. If that's a song, go ahead and sing it if you got words. Hallelujah. I release the power of the Holy Spirit right now. The 